Welcome to Salcedo Paranormal. It is Thursday, February 23rd, 2023. And today I am covering the paranormal and H.P. Lovecraft. As always, you can find all the shows along with links to social media and other ways to contact me at the podcast page. And that is salcedoparanormal.podbean.com. That's S-A-L-S-I-D-O paranormal.podbean.com. Always happy to hear from you all, whether you have comments or questions or topic suggestions or stories of paranormal experiences, whether they're your own or from others that you trust. Happy to either read those or have you join me on the show to talk about them. And um, so also I want to thank everyone for listening to the show, whether you are able to be here live or you listen to the podcast or YouTube feeds, uh, especially since the YouTube feed, just uh, as of yesterday, um, the channel reached over just over 12,000 total views, which is really amazing. So thank you all for listening over there and also to the podcast pe- feeds. And, uh, yeah, it's, it's, um, those numbers, the way they keep rising, just, I know it probably shouldn't surprise me anymore, but it always does. So definitely appreciate it. Um, and of course, now that I'm back to doing shows five days a week, this is the, um, this show is the last show for a couple of days. So, um, Two days, basically, and I'll be back after today on um, Saturday night, Sunday morning, depending on your time zone, um, and uh, start the new week all over again. So, um, like I said before, I, I can technically do seven days a week, but it is a lot of, um, doesn't leave much room in, in, in my mind to focus on much else, so I decided I better stop. <laughs> um so I think that's all the announcements I have for now. Uh, I've already put the articles I used for today's show in the chat, and I will include them in the episode description. Um, there's way more there that I'm actually going to be able to cover in a single show. If you want a full biography of H.P. Lovecraft, that first article is a very um, a decent way to start, I would say. Um, and I'm just going to read a few of the bullet points that it has in the very beginning, um, just in, uh, just in general terms about, um, about Lovecraft. And we'll get to the paranormal aspects of everything probably closer to the middle of this episode here. Um, so let's see here. Uh, this first article I found is from thoughtco.com. And uh, the title is Biography of H.P. Lovecraft, American Writer, Father of Modern Horror. Um, so, th- again, this is a very long, at least uh, for, as far as u- using it for a show, d- decent length article here. Um, so it has these uh, bullet points here in, near the beginning. It says, uh, Fast Facts, H.P. Lovecraft. It says, Full Name is Howard Phillips Lovecraft. Known for writing, of course. Uh, Born August 20th, 1890 in Providence, Rhode Island. 
uh, parents were Winfield Scott Lovecraft and Sarah Susan Lovecraft. Died on March 15th, 1937 in Providence, Rhode Island. So he lived to be 47 years old, right around there. It says, um, now this is a, something that I didn't know. Uh, education, it says, attended Hope High School but did not earn a diploma. Now, this is partly because of um, uh, basically being physically and possibly mentally ill, even as a child. Um, that led him to miss a lot of school, even though he still went on to study different t- subjects um, while at home. Um, it lists some of his popular stories here. Um, of course, we, I, we've covered most of the stories that he has, maybe even possibly all of them, in previous episodes, but mentions the Cats of Althar, the Call of Cthulhu, At the Mountains of Madness, the Horror at Red Hook, the Shadow over Innsmouth, um, and those are the ones it mentions there, but of course, as we know, if you listen to any of the other Lovecraft shows, there are many other stories. Uh, it says that um, his spouse was Stonia Green, and it said, it says, notable quote, and I really like this. I think this is um, gets to a lot of the, the core of what it is writing. And um, I don't know that I, I can't really argue with this, um, with this quote in a way. Um, at least I can see where he would come up with it. It says, the oldest and strongest emotion of mankind is fear. And the oldest and strongest kind of fear is fear of the unknown. So, um, I thought that was a really neat quote. You can sort of see that in a lot of his writing, um, as we've covered in a lot of shows. And, uh, so yeah, that's just some, some quick facts. Again, you can check out that article for a more, a more full biography. Um, but of course what we're mainly interested in, at least for me anyway, is his connections to the paranormal in terms of what were his inspirations um, for writing and and getting into the, the, the horror genre and the paranormal and science fiction and horror uh, genres of writing, basically. So that's, um, I found this next article here, and I think it sort of is a good way to go about this, um, looking into this this topic here. And this one is from mentalfloss.com. The title is Seven Obsessions That Influenced H.P. Lovecraft's Work. So, um, and a lot of these kind of tie in with each other, but I'll just go through them. Of course, the first one it says here is space and astronomy. And so, um, it mentions that, uh, Again, when he was a kid, uh, a child, he um, he basically did a lot of looking into other topics, especially astronomy, um, while he was unable to be at school. Um, but he he at, even after he got out of school and basically left or did not graduate school, but left I guess school. He um, he was known as a reclusive apparently, but. There was more of a case, this article says, where he had a close circle of friends 
and he would that he would travel around England and beyond. Says that during his teenage years, so yeah, it was dur- during his teenage years that he was stuck at home a lot, I guess. Um, says that even at, at the age of nine, he started um, making his own, I guess, scientific newspaper kind of kind of uh, publication known as a Scientific Gazette. And then years later, he um, self-published the Rhode Island Journal of Astronomy and began submitting astronomical articles to local publications. Um, he got his first telescope at, at the age of 13, um, which, of course, aided in that um, interest and investigation into uh, astronomy. Now, the um, of course, all, a lot of this influenced his writing in that a lot of the creatures from the stories that he wrote they they existed in other parts of space um and they they would come to earth in different ways and um there'd be different creatures that would um that were out in space that would come to earth even though they were only vaguely interested and they're indifferent to the people uh, on Earth. And even though they would still be sort of out on their own missions, even if it meant um, killing and or driving people insane just by their presence alone. So, um, mentions a couple of his stories here that are were influenced by this. One is the Color Out of Space um, thought to be thought by many to be one of love or basically Lovecraft's most science fiction oriented story, um, and that is the one that features a meteorite that has strange qualities that then uh, that falls from the sky and that then horribly alters the land and also the people on the land. So, um, and then mentions a couple another story here: the Shadow Out of Time. Talking about two uh, alien species that uh, exploit Earth for their own purposes. So, um, so yeah, definitely. There's a, I mean, a lot of you could say almost all of Lovecraft stories deal with um, aliens of one kind or another. So, definitely a, a common theme um, in a lot of his stories. So the next section they have here in this article, the next influence, um, they talk about the past. And this is um, sort of almost an uh, opposition or, or the other end of the, really, if you want to look at science fiction as a um, related to time in the future, he also had an interest in the past, uh, whether it was... Um, mythology, uh, ancient Greek mythology, and also his- history. And then um, he was also interested in the, um, basically the history of, of uh, let me see here, 18th century uh, England. And he even, um, so according to this article, apparently he wished that <laughs> the uh, British had won. So he also adopted 18th century spellings in his words. I always wondered about that. Um, 
and you can see that in some of his stories. Uh, they give um, the word show as an example here. Apparently, at one point, it was spelled a different way. It was S-H-E-W. So, um, and then, uh, and of course, the, the he also had an interest in New England colonial history and Puritanism. Uh, and that is what 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 showed up in a lot of his stories, um, along with architecture. There's so much architecture in so many of his stories, whether it's familiar architecture of those times that that you could re- almost recognize if you saw pictures of it, or uh, even alien architecture. Um, doesn't really say this, but I'm just kind of remembering a lot of his stories. It, it does talk about a lot of. Um, Alien architecture in different places, whether it's underwater or in in um, remote places on the planet where it's really hard to get to for people, um, it's there's definitely a fascination there with buildings. So uh, I do agree with that for sure. And buildings can be um, haunting in their own way, even without anything paranormal going on. Um, whether it's they're designed that way or if it's because of the passage of time. I think um, that they can be, even if there's nothing going on there. Places can be, can feel like there's some energy there, even if nothing happens. I think I've definitely experienced that, and I'm sure I'm not the only one. So, um, let me see here. Let me look at the, okay. So, um, looking back at the article here, I think that's it for that one. Yeah, all right. Um, And then it talks about... um, the next, the next obsession or influence that he had was his own family's past. So, Lovecraft's H.P. Uh, Lovecraft's father, unfortunately, was confined to a mental institution when H.P. himself was very young, uh, forcing him and his mother to live with his grandfather, um, last name of Phillips, at the family mansion in Providence. But, and these were, it says that they were, he, he loved this time overall, other than having to deal with, deal with the, the thought of his, his father in this institution. He was still in this mansion. He basically was part of sort of the um, upper class of society. But this didn't last, and eventually the family fortune started to decline, especially with the, the um, the passing of the grandfather uh, that led to the uh, basically the family losing most of their money. Um, they had to sell the estate, and uh, so they were basically uh, had ch- ch- switched cl- classes, so sort of like social classes, um, in a relatively short period of time. Had to move to a smaller house. And it says here in the article that Lovecraft never got over the loss of the family estate uh, along with associations of status and happiness tied up with it. So, And you can see that in a lot of stories, too, of his. There, is these peop- there are these people that sort of start out in very comfortable situations um, and either because of paranormal things going on or... Um, or just their own interest in in history again in the past uh they they find they end up getting into 
trouble with various entities um, that lead to either, in some cases, their death, but in other cases, just madness, where they lose their their positions in society. So, uh, mentions that goes into a little more about his his um, his his personal life here, but even after the family lost um, the the mansion, Lovecraft took a lot of the items from that that place that used to be in that place with him wherever he went wherever he went even though it was things like um uh fi- fine linens and and plates um so he uh he did marry for a short time but eventually the, and and that was another brief time where um he was financially stable thanks to his wife actually but eventually that had, that ended as well with her having to move away and um so it mentions here that in a lot of lovecraft's stories the um there there's the let me see here it says lovecraft lovecraft many gentleman scholar characters point to his idealization of upper crust life at the Phillips estate. So, again, this idea of sort of uh, changing uh, lifestyles and not, in his view, for the better. Um, This next one is one of those where it makes sense, but it caught me off guard. I wasn't thinking about it in this way. But um, when I read it, I think you'll, and those of you who have been listening to a lot of these shows, these Lovecraft shows, it will, um, or you know Lovecraft anyway without these shows, it'll make sense here. Let's see here, I lost my space. There we go. So, <laughs> it'll sound odd, but it is true, apparently. Um, his next obsession and influence in the stories is seafood. In other words, sea creatures. So, growing up, he um, he didn't really have to. He could basically eat what he wanted to, and including mostly sweets. And it says that he had the palate of a five-year-old here throughout his adult life. And um, and so, and one of the one of the things that he um, never did care for, and in fact seemed to hate it, was seafood. Now, if you think of so many of the creatures. In his stories, you have frogs, you have octopus, you have fish people, fish-like people, very um, aquatic-oriented creatures in a lot of his stories. So this is, um, they give an example of this. Apparently this is even a quote, so that's, I guess, how they are figuring this out. It says that on an occasion when a friend tried to take him out for a uh, steamed clam dinner, Lovecraft says he rarely swore. Reported, uh, reportedly declared, "While you are eating that damned stuff, I'll go across the street for a sandwich. Please excuse me." So, um, that doesn't really say that. that give a, a exact cause for. His hatred of of the food um, that might not be known, but um, 
it is ironic in a way, but it also makes sense why he would include all of these sea um, water creatures in his writing as the main, um, I don't even want to say villains necessarily. They're not all really, um, they don't so much care about people. Um, <laughs> uh, that's a good point. I don't know. Matt Sala says, that's crazy. How do you not like seafood if you live on the coast? Yeah, that sounds like it wouldn't have been easy. Um, that, that, I don't know. I guess it's possible now, probably easier now than it used to be as well. I would guess there's limited options the further back you go. But I could be wrong on that. I don't know. Um, so but I just found that to be... It, it, it fits, but it, it still surprised me. I didn't... Didn't expect that to be the case. Um, so let's see here. The next one here, um, the next influence and obsession it has is uh, religion and the occult. Let's see here. One moment, please. Okay, sorry about that. My nose is bothering me. Um, and what's what's ironic about that as well is that, according to this article, he Lovecraft himself was a, even though it says he had pagan inclinations as a child, it says that uh, Lovecraft was a staunch uh, atheist and self-described materialist. And yet, he... He featured so much of superstition and occult practices in his stories. But it says here that he thought of them, like the idea of magic and, and rituals and things, almost in scientific terms. In other words, that they were just scientific methods that, that were just not understood. Um, or that were, too, that were difficult to understand. And so... Um, it mentions that his sense of, or his concept of cosmicism rejects the comforts of religion, instead presenting a cold, indifferent cosmos, cosmos absent of, of um, what, basically of any kind of uh, all-powerful figure. So, and that's, and that's sort of seen in a lot of his stories, again, with these creatures that that go about their business and if that it doesn't matter if there are people involved or not they're going to do what they're going to do um so that's uh that 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 um that makes sense given a lot of his stories that involve creatures that are just going about their own business and uh people sort of get involved or stumble onto them and then end up paying for it um, this next one is, of course, the darker part of Lovecraft's personality that you see in some of his stories, um, uh, which is the whole, as I mentioned uh, a little while, the last time I did a Lovecraft episode, his, um, is basically his xenophobia and racism. Um, it is a, something that comes up in some of his stories. Again, I don't um, support that those kinds of views. Um, 
And so what I tend to do when I come across them in fiction is just put them out of mind because I think you can do that and still get something out of whatever you're, you're looking into. Um, in this case, this connection to the paranormal. So I'm not going to really go into that except to say it does say in this article that, that um, says toward the end of his life, he uh, began to soften, soften his views and to grow more accepting of people who were different from himself. So maybe, maybe um, that's a good sign. I mean, I think it's a good sign. Um, so, but anyway, then that is something you will find in the stories. Uh, I do recommend you just kind of work through it and um, just skip it, skip past those parts. And because uh, there's still plenty in these stories, as I've described, that if you are interested in the paranormal, there are some connections there that can be made. So, and I mean, it does show the sort of um i think what i think of as more the darker side of um of some people and and some of the characters in the stories as well uh share that kind of uh personality and that kind of um thinking unfortunately um so let's see here the last thing that mentions in this article here is um the idea or the concept of uh, madness being, excuse me, something that he had to deal with in life and with his own family. Um, of course, his father being in a mental institution, and it does mention here that his mother was not the most stable uh, as well. And so he had fears of, of, um, Basically, because of that, because his parents seemed to be unstable, he had fears of that possibly being passed down to him. And um, so it mentions here that a lot of the stories end with um, these characters who have these experiences with these um, various creatures and or beings and or worlds in some cases, in Lovecraft stories, where this um, th this new knowledge drives them crazy. It also does, um, I believe it talks about it in here. Um, so yeah, a lot of Lovecraft's um, psychosomatic illnesses that he had growing up led to extremely vivid dreams um, as he was growing up. And... Um, and so we know that, um, I mean, dreams can be very, they can stay with you for a long time and, and influence you in different ways. So wouldn't surprise me if, if some of those dreams did lead to his, the writing of some of his stories. Um, and so, yeah, so that mentions the um, Lovecraft, his point of view that in the, um, the, the cosmos is one, as it says here, according to the article, is as one in which man existed side by side with knowledge that, if comprehended, would send him over the brink. So, and it has a, um, I'll just uh, read this last paragraph here, which I think does fit this whole 
um, this whole summary of, of Lovecraft says the most merciful thing in the world, I think, and this is from, uh, let me see here, The Call of Cthulhu. Uh, this is from the beginning of that story. It says the most merciful thing in the world, I think, is the inability of the human mind to correlate all its contents. We live on a placid island of ignorance in the midst of black seas of infinity. And it was not meant that we should voyage far. The sciences, each straining in its own direction, have hitherto harmed us little. But some day, the piecing together of dissociated knowledge will open up such terrifying vistas of reality and of our frightful position with, uh, therein that we shall either go mad from the revelation or free, flee from the deadly light into the peace and safety of a new dark age. So, um, that's the end of that article. And uh, I think that's a good place to move on here from there. Um, but yeah, just the... I do think that um, a lot of Lovecraft's stories revolve around things that he may have seen in dreams and his own family history, his own preferences and and um, dislikes of things that he encountered in, in his own life, whether it was food or society in different ways. Um, and then his ideas of the of the universe and what might be out there. Um, they all definitely seem to play a part in his his writing, all of his stories, his, his so many stories. So, um, and I just have one last thing I want to mention here. Just, um, he wasn't uh, just influential to people who are into sort of horror or the paranormal or science fiction. He actually, um, his writing led to the creation of a whole field of, um, I guess, scholarly research known as Lovecraftian studies or Lovecraft studies. And this is the body of research that has emerged surrounding the works of H.P. Lovecraft. Um, and the one thing, uh, one of the other things in, in these articles that I read was that he, um, his writing at the time was not super popular. It didn't actually gain traction until years later, and even especially after his, his, he had passed, um, to the point where even though there were other people that were writing in similar styles or um, subjects at the time while he was alive who were more famous or well-known, they sort of faded while he became, his writing became more popular. So, um, that's a, that's a, um, interesting thing that happened. So, um, but yeah, I really in enjoyed going over all those stories. Um, I think that it is possible that he was contacted by one or more other beings while he was sleeping 
in his dreams. I wouldn't be surprised. Who knows the, the reasons or the messages that he got if he put them all in his stories. Um, I'm sure he wasn't able to describe what he saw in his dreams uh, exactly, nearly as easily as, um, or nearly as well as what he did describe. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if the things that he actually experienced in his dreams were even more monstrous or frightening in the cases where they were not um, pleasant dreams. And um, I sort of wonder where he is, if there is any kind of afterlife, um, where he went to and what he is, um, what he would be doing now. Um, or even if there's a way, this is sort of a thing I wonder too, when it comes to, I've talked about before how I wonder, I, I think that the, the, when it comes to what we call fiction, if there are, if there are in places where, um, these universes do exist somehow, where all these stories are, uh, take place, um, especially when you have, um, as I mentioned, I'm not sure if I mentioned it on this show or another show, but um, think of the popularity of, uh, I'll just start with any of the Marvel or DC comics or even Star Wars or Star Trek universes. You have just so many people um, creating stories or coming up with stories or maybe possibly if we want to go fully into the paranormal here, receiving visions of these stories and then sharing them and making entire uh, franchises surrounding these other places and other times in these other places where these stories happen because they actually do happen. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if that's a, that's a, a thing. Of course, I have no way to prove it. But that makes me wonder about Lovecraft in that we know there is a thing that is said to exist um, that, that is called a tulpa, or a thought form, where people um, intentionally will focus on creating an image and the personality attached to that image um, using their own minds and their own energy, and then eventually that... that um, Focus that that point of focus will sometimes, according to many stories of experiences, start to act on its own and appear to be sentient. And um, if that's the case, then I wonder about some of the the the, the creatures, especially in Lovecraft, um, especially with the popularity that he is gained over the years and his his work has been turned into so many things whether it's um movies or tv shows or um role-playing games or video game characters or video games um comic books whatever any number of things and then you have as time goes on and the material becomes um, easier to access by more and more people, especially as maybe copyright law, laws start to expire on 
um, the who can and can't use it in terms of that, as far as that goes. Um, if it won't be incorporated into more and more projects and and added to more and more um, stories or other fictional universes, let's say in Marvel or DC or wherever, um, if it won't expand, and if the, if there isn't some place out there where all those beings, Cthulhu and all the others, do exist out there, if there is some kind of multiverse where they exist on their own version of Earth. So, of course, that's um, going way out there, but uh, that's what I like to do when I can. So, um, that's it for Lovecraft, at least uh, in, in terms of, of topic-specific episodes. Um, I'm going to, over this next couple of weeks, these next couple of uh, Wednesday night, Thursday morning shows, I will be going back to reviewing uh, the other Stephen King books that I have read that I haven't covered yet, just to give uh, myself a little bit of a break before uh, jumping into another um, sort of a series of shows, thinking of uh, covering mythology and just summarizing the stories and or the characters, characters' lives, and uh, discussing the paranormal aspects of those those stories and characters, and uh, sort of just doing an extended series on that, digging into as much mythology from around the world as I can possibly uh, find. And I do have a, a website that, in mind for that, so we'll see what they have, and then we'll go from there. And, uh, so we'll see how that goes. I have never done that before. I have no idea how it's going to go, but we'll give it a try once we get there. Um, and I think that's going to be it. I'll be back on Saturday night, Sunday morning, of course, to start a new week of shows. Um, and that will be True Paranormal Stories from the Web. And I'm also doing a guest appearance on a podcast this Friday. It's not going to be live, but uh, I will share the link t- to that once it comes out, once it is uh, available. So thank you all for listening, and I will talk to you all next time uh, on the next episode of Salcedo Paranormal. Take care, everyone. <laughs>